We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey there, Knicks fans. How you doing? It's your boy, John of the Macri, with you for another episode of the Knicks Film School Podcast. I'm a little giddy today because we're recording this Thursday at 440. And, uh, you know, it's just one tire fire around the NBA um, before the next or after the next. And none of them are the Knicks, which is fantastic. So what better time for me to gleefully step into my favorite place which is a mailbag. And it's only my favorite place because I get to step into it with the one, the only, the uh, KFS representation of the youth of America. He is all things that we hope future generations can be and live and aspire to Chris Percy. My mother would be on the floor right now. I'm just noticing noticing your shirt. I've we've been, so we've been talking for like, 20 minutes before we press record it's a half of a knicks logo is the so other half like on the back no it's just that's it okay is that what the, the, the is that what the kids do nowadays it's not it's just a half of a logo okay you gotta pay double for the shirt with that's great it's a, it's a hipster thing okay that, just say, just say doesn't it's, exist. A, it's a hipster <laughs> thing that's all you have to say okay so we are doing a mailbag um as always, I will preface this by saying um, I've not seen these questions yet because I, as always, am very busy, although I can take some guesses as to what they're going to be about. Um, I don't know if I have to say anything else. Um, oh, Best in case to the Dallas Mavericks. Yeah, well, listen, That's it. They, they still have the... I'm, I'm, I'll save my thoughts on, on that because I have a feeling we're going to probably get a question on it. But um, I will ask you very quickly, um, you have now been done with college for what a few weeks right for your freshman year of college about a month about a month okay um sitting here right now do you feel like you have already experienced the best year of your life or do you feel like the best is still yet to come uh i feel like the best is still yet to come because i was there at game two um after (laughs) you're relating this to a nicks and I'm like, if this is what the hell I'm sitting there with Julito, shout out Julito with Danny B with Terry and Trey uh, with Ant, 
And uh, we, man, like I'm just seeing people from Nick's Twitter left and right. I'm standing up on an NYPD barricade leading a net, let's go Nick's chant. I'm like, this is one, don't worry. I represented the brand very well. Um, this, I never doubted. This, this is, this is one aunt called me a white method man after my behavior at the, at the game too. Wow. I, I really don't even know how to process that. Um, uh, so just knowing that that was one playoff win and that I have three years of non COVID super affected college left and I'll be in New York city. I'm like, it, it might be one of those three, but at least it's ahead of me. I just, I love how your mind, when I asked that, my, I was just talking about like you, you're done with your first year at college and, and like a lot of people, you know, sometimes think that like, that's the best year of their lives. And you related I, it to it. I thing, do, I do my schoolwork so that I can have time to do the next stuff. I don't do the schoolwork because and I, and that's I, why, that's why you are the boy wonder, my friend. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, without further ado, you let's, let's kick this baby off. What's our, what's our first question? Some people have some questions, John, uh, for you specifically. <laughs> Novocaine 2020, there seems to be a lot of concern about overpaying any free agent. Should we start to consider overpaying a premium and helpful free agent? Also, as an investment in the growth of our young guns, like to make it more palatable in, in regards to RJ, Mitch, Quick, and Obi, um, or do you just, do you just don't, you don't want to dole out cash? Um, I've spoke, I feel like I've talked a lot about this in the past, so I'll try to be brief. I don't, the concept of when you spend money in free agency, that the money goes away this is going to sound stupid is a silly concept. And the reason is because of the way the league works today. And like, you can t- like Guys don't go. When's the last time you could remember a situation where somebody want where a player wanted to go to a certain team and it was like, oh, they don't have the cap space. I guess we can't go. No, that's not how it works anymore. The key is, I you know, ideally you want to sign guys to marketable contracts, contracts that are going to be good value contracts. But even then, it's like, you know. Like if the Warriors wanted to get off of I always go back to the Andrew Wiggins example. Why? Because what is Andrew Wiggins? He's a guy who's like, he's a good wing. He's, I don't know. He's, he's a good, he's three an average, and, not just three. And he's like a three, three plus, no, he's a three plus he's a D three wing. Yeah. No, but there's a little, there's a little extra spice in there so than he, just three. And he's not like Danny Green. He's so got a little, if he was a free agent this offseason, he'd be, he'd get paid, uh, you know, two years, uh, $30 million. So he's making double what he's earning. That's fine. As long as he's a contributing player and he could help your team, like you'll 30, you'll always, 32. Yeah. You, you'll always find someone to take those guys. The The key is, are, are you getting the right players? And are you signing? Like, you don't want to sign like obviously something that's going to be an albatross contract. Um, I don't think that that's a, a huge concern for the Knicks this summer. I will say that like, of course, there's a possibility that that of that a, a contract is like just a stupid con- like if they go and sign like a seven three shooting guard to a five year one hundred fifty eight million. <laughs> yeah, but even that's no, a, no, but even like they could like again. Are you gonna have to take back some less than ideal money if you want to trade Porzingis now? Of course you are, but you could trade. You could trade anybody <laughs> in the NBA. Um, I, I I don't think the Knicks should just sit on their on their hands and 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 wait and just continue signing one year deals. If there's a player that can help them get to where they want to go, 
I think they should sign that player and it's okay to give that money, that, that player multiple years. I think the bigger question, it's something I discussed on a locker room recently, and I think I'm probably going to write about for next week is what's the green room now? Green, green room. Sorry. I have to get used to that. What's the priority is the priority because the, the Knicks need shot creation. Um, It's that was evident in the series against Atlanta. Um, And if you watched any Nick game this year, there would always be that five to 10 minutes. We're going to come back to that statement in this episode. What? The Knicks need shot creation. We're not, I don't know. You'll so see. Then, we'll you know what? So it. then I'll, I'll save it. But I was, but well, let me make the brief point that like the, sh- the shot creators that they could sign in this off season are probably not guys who are the caliber of player that like are eventually going to start on a, on a championship level team, but they could help the Knicks this year and they could make life better for like RJ Barrett and Julius Randle and whoever else like this year. And they may be able to, you know, who knows win the Knicks a playoff round this year. I love the case for the player I'm thinking of that you're building in my head right now. Well, but then the alternative, and again, I imagine we probably get a question about this guy is Lonzo ball. Personally, I think if you put Lonzo ball in the Knicks and just had the same team and you put Lonzo on it, I don't think they're a markedly better team next year. If you told me they went out and won the same percentage of games next year as they did this year, I would be like, okay, that's about right. Um, I don't necessarily think it, it brings them closer to winning a playoff series next year, but I do think Lonzo has the potential to be a long-term piece and a piece that they can, you know, can grow with the core and the whole thing. It's just that he's not as big of a need. So it's it, the short answer is it's complicated, but no, I don't think they should sit on their money and like, you know, clutch, you know, be pearl clutching this, this summer. Like if a good player wants to come here and it's a semi fair deal, you know, make the deal. All right. Well, speaking of good players, um, gonna, gonna need some names now. Jacob, the famous RJ Pete quads season wants to know uh, after having spent a lot of time thinking about star players to bring home up to the promised land, who our preferred role players slash bench pickups are. Um, role players slash bench pickups. Yeah. The other side of free agency, you know, we can talk a lot about Lowry Paul and all that, but I mean, to be honest with you, I think a lot of them, the, their Josh best, Hart. well, I was going to say, I think a lot of our best free agent pickups in terms of, of like ancillary pieces are probably guys who are, I just would rather like, I would rather re-sign some of the guys. Like I would rather bring back Bullock and, and, and Burks than um, you know, pay money to some of the ancillary pieces that are out there. That said, I'll give you some names that I personally like. Um, I've said this a few times recently. I'll say it again. I w- I'm going to be really curious to see what TJ McConnell McConnell's market is. Um, I know he can't shoot, but the, he could do literally everything else you want. And, and I've, again, Alfred Payton's shooting was an issue this year. I don't think don't was- make Alfred the standard, but don't make Alfred. Don't they, don't, don't make better than Alfred. The standard better yeah, than Alfred. I, like I'm better than Alfred. Like, like that's not yes, saying like, I'll go out and get four assists right now. I'll give it a Randall. I'll give, I'll pass Obi lobs and I'm already better. So, yeah, like, but so I, I don't. So the reason I mentioned McConnell <laughs> is because the Knicks need a new starting point guard. Derek Rose is not going to be the starting point guard next year. Emmanuel Quickly is not going to be the starting point guard next year. A rookie is not going to be the starting point guard. I mean, I shouldn't say that. I guess maybe if they draft one of the older guys. Probably a rookie is not going to be a starting point guard next year. Cameron Payne? Um, Thoughts? 
I, I, whatever. Uh, he's fine. So if, if you're, if you're priced out of the market and you don't want to give whatever, and let's say Dinwiddie and Lowry and whatever, and, and ball potentially get stupid money. Um, my wife and daughter are home. Um, like I would rather give potentially, I'm just saying for argument's sake, two years and $15 million to TJ McConnell than going and like spending $98 million on Dennis Schroeder. Like I would much prefer that option. That's the only reason I mentioned right. McConnell here. Um, who else do I like? I, he's, there's no chance that this happens, but I, I like Doug McDermott. I've always liked Doug McDermott. Um, not a perfect player. But I, I like him. I think Bryn Forbes is an interesting piece just because I think for as much as, um, you know, Burks and Bullock were good shooters, I think Forbes is like kind of a, a more elite shooter, like his 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 gravity and his ability to shoot off movement. Um, that said, you could go hunting on him a little bit more. So and I think he's he might get paid. Um, and then. People are going to hate this, but I'll say it anyway, I, you know. Sometimes it's nice to have a bucket getter wing off the bench. Um, Rudy Is this Gay. who I think? Oh, there's Rudy Gay. It's probably not who you're thinking of. Get Rudy the Gay. hell out of here with Rudy. Malik Monk. Oh, God. Come on. I mean, first Don't of all. Oh, God, me. We are. Did. Send something. Be shameless. We're the Kentucky pipeline. Do it. Malik. You want creation off the bench with Rose and IQ? There you go. There it is. I don't want. Malik Monk creating for me. I want Malik Monk. Why not? Standing because I that's as your terchi. That's not efficient shot creation. I think I think Malik Monk is a nice. Yeah, shooter. but hand him to Johnny Bryant and Kenny Payne instead of Michael Jordan come Purgatory on. Land. He's been in the league for four years. Malik Malik Monk is is what he is. Um, I'm, I'm going to be ready for you to be wrong about this. Hey, listen, he's going to be. No, he's good. Knows, he's a good player. I've, God knows I've been wrong on our, our pods together before. Oh, this is coming up later, too, because you know who has a question about I'm, I'm sure. Um, but like Rudy Gay is a guy that I don't know, maybe he signs for one year, five million dollars or something. Maybe the Spurs want to just go full on youth movement. Like that's a guy who could be a really useful piece for you. Um, he's probably more of a four at this point. So I don't know how that works with with Randall and, and, and Obi Obadiah. Here. But I like Rudy. And then, um, you know, be curious to see what Reddick's market is. Um, Didn't I like want to get closer to Brooklyn. <laughs> um, that's the thing is like I, I like I don't like a lot. I don't really love a lot of these. like Josh Hart. I like Josh Hart a lot. There he's it is. A, he's a restricted free agent though. Uh, send something. Sign and trade. Knox and 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 some okay, seconds. Send, so send something. So send. But again, it's you are. That's the thing about restricted free agency and why I've always been hesitant about like. Being like, we must end up with Lonzo Ball. It's not about paying Lonzo Ball. It's about potentially right. sending something to the team that has Lonzo Ball, which is Low- Lowry, Hart, Lowry, Hart, Barrett, Randall, Robinson, Rose, Quickly, Moody, Toppin, Dwight Howard. Cry. Oh my God. Please don't bring Dwight Howard anywhere near this team. Um, okay. Uh, next. Next question. Good God. Buck not from Milwaukee, wants to know when they see people talking about playing Randall and Toppin together. Uh, the talk is always Randall at the five. Why not Obi at the five as a rim protector on the back line? Obviously, there are a small number of legit fives that cause problems for our small lineup, but it's got to be worth a look at some point. Um, I completely agree. 
Um, I always think of Obi as the five when I uh, fantasize about Julius and Obi together on the court. Mm-hmm. Um, Randall doesn't jump high. <laughs> like he just—it's not a thing that he does. It's his his ability to to offer like negative rim protection when he gets close to the basket um, is astounding. Um, and he was a he was a good defender this year. Like he he really did he, help us. I, but just but what, I'm not suggesting. But then, but then but then he's the rim protector, and it's like. Well, no, it's, but it's literally the one weak spot, and it's, and it's a huge weak spot because if he was, if he could offer any legitimate rim protection, he, I mean, he'd be a a, a full max player without any question. Yeah, because um, then you just play him at five. Um, but he can't do that, so that's why he is what he is. Obi, um, I, I, you know, he's got a the center of gravity issue is, I think, more a perimeter thing, but at the same time, like. He, I think he can get backed down. At the same time, we are now officially in an age in the NBA where there are how many centers that you really have to fear, like backing a guy like him down if he's at the five. Um, I don't know, Val, Jokic, Hi, Howard. Uh, I'm not even honoring responding to that. Embiid, um, it's probably one more guy I'm missing, one or two more guys I'm missing. But like, what do you need him to do? You need him to be spry on his feet, which he showed the ability to do a little bit. You have some good awareness, showed the ability to do that, and uh, you know, kind of offer some vertical deterrent at the rim. And I absolutely think he could do that. He clearly has the hops for it. Like, I don't see, I don't see why that shouldn't be something they go to for eight to ten minutes a game next year in select situations. So yeah, hundred percent. Good question. Next up, Chris Agar with a fun question about a player who I unironically stole a move from at pickup the other day. Um, how does Luca Vildoza fit on this team? Can he be a rotation player or even the starting point guard? And how will he impact our offseason plans? So this is one of those ones where I feel a little silly offering anything on because I how is how would anybody like how is anybody supposed to know the answer to this question outside of the Knicks organization? Here's what we know about Luca Vildoza, right? Luca Vildoza won, uh, what was it? The the finals. What what a oh, what, what, it was the finals one. MVP. I'm an idiot. What? Yeah, no, he he has a. I, I thought you were listing things. You were like one, and I was like one, and then. <laughs> I don't even know you're going with this. <laughs> Your mind works in mysterious ways. Whatever. He won a he won like a Finals MVP of the the European League he's in, which is an uh, an award that had previously been won by some pretty pretty uh, good players. Um, so we know he could play. I've watched a few a few of his games. Um, clearly, he could shoot. Clearly, he has creativity. Um, he's a pest on defense. He looks like an NBA player watching the tape. He looks like a guy who like. Fasundo Campazzo, out of necessity, but nonetheless, just started four playoff games in a in a pretty competitive playoff series, and he didn't look. CJ McCollum couldn't guard him. I mean, he didn't look out of place, right? Even in the Phoenix series, like he, I guess, clearly they wish they would have had Jamal Murray, but um, you know, he held his on and his own, and um, and Vildoza's bigger than him. He's not maybe the the passing whiz, but he's a better shooter than Campazzo. Um, so, like, I don't know if you told literally if you told me right now that uh, that uh, Vildoza was the Knicks starting point guard next year, I'd be like, OK, that's 
fine. That's believable. Um, and if you told me he got cut the day before the season began, I'd be like, okay, that's fine. Like maybe they didn't like what they see in camp. Like I, right. so I, I guess the only part of the question that I can answer with, with some certainty is I, well, not certainty, but with some modicum of confidence is that I can't imagine that they see enough in, in uh, getting composite confused with those in Vildoza this summer to be like, Oh, wait, Oh, uh, you know, we don't need to go spend. I was about to say like, who's a, you know, we could get Lonzo for, you know, four years and $60 million. And like, we know the Pel, I don't pretend to know that this could possibly happen, but like, we know the way for how match. Oh, okay. I was going to be like, he's not getting that little. I, and that's what I'm saying. This is an absurd example where right, like, right, they right, have, right. they have something present them present to themselves. And it's like, wow, it's a really good opportunity, but wait a minute. We, we really like Vildoza. So we're not going to go like, they're not going to. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, you know, but. I do think it's actually a really good inquiry in terms of like, let's just say again for shits and giggles, all of their other free agent point guard options or trade options or whatever. They don't like any of the, the money or, or the, the parameters of those, of those deals. And they're sitting there looking at be like, okay, well we could sign TJ McConnell for again, whatever, two years, $15 million. Um, or we could trust Vildoza to be our starting point guard. That's interesting. I actually, I mean, I have no idea what the answer is, but I sign and they'd sign TJ. And, and if they, if they could sign TJ and didn't Tom Thibodeau might actually kill himself. But so, there were, I, I, but I look, I love TJ McConnell, but at the same time, like Vildoza, I'm saying like, if, if, if they could have gotten him McConnell and they're like, no, you're going to be fine with Vildoza. Like he might quit out of spite. Yeah. But, <laughs> but listen, at the same, but like some, you know, I, we we're done with the whole soft European label, you know, Porzingis aside, like that's that's not that's bunk now. Like this, like it was that was always that was always bunk. Well, I don't know if it was always bunk. But it was, it's been bunk for a respect, while. Respect, respect Finland, He's, except for Laurie Markkinen. We don't claim it. That's funny. Vildoza has been working out at the facility. Um, like the coaches are seeing what they have in him. Um, again, they're not going to rest all of their you know postseason hopes and dreams on the kid. But yeah, who knows? Maybe it influences their decision making a little bit. That wouldn't shock me. I wouldn't mind if he were good enough to to be doing so. So fine with me. Like he's Next good. up, he looks good. Yeah, and the, the the shot, and and you watch him play, and he has a little spin around. He's got some moves that you know can do a thing in the NBA, and that's that's more than he than looks Alfred, like. So. He is an, he is an <laughs> NBA player. Is he is he good enough to be the twenty fifth best starter in the league, or is he good enough to be the twenty fifth best backup in the league? I think it's somewhere in that range. We don't know where. We'll see. Yeah. Next up, Matt at Aussie Nick fan, Knicks related. Who has the best tattoos on the team? Oh my goodness! Uh, my I have first, my answer. My first gut reaction was Derrick Rose because of the Godspeed. Um, on on his there it team. is. Right, it's like. Trying to think if there are any other yeah, that's my answer right there. Isn't Reggie Reggie's a little tattered up, right? Um, um hold on, I'm gonna look it up. Um Reggie Bullock has uh a, like I know he has leg tattoos. Yeah, he has some I leg think, stuff going on. He has some I think he did a sleeve. I think he did he, did he do one sleeve. sleeve or both. He has he has a sleeve. He has he might have done both. Oh no, he has both. I think he did both. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean 
I mean, look, J.R. Smith forever will be the the goat, the champ, York, the champ. Like that's, but but Rose is I and mean, Mello, Mello had cool ones too. Yeah, whatever, it's fine. Um, that's got to be. I won't finish that sentence. Um, but get, no, non non Knicks. What is the most overrated NBA championship of all time? I get to wow. get John in trouble. Wow. This is, no, why would you get me in trouble? Um, because you're going to say something and people are going to be like, whoa. And then, so the, and then the funny thing about to this, watch chaos ensue. The funny thing about this question is there, there's no, um, here, okay. Let me just start by saying, here's how I interpret Actually, no. So there's two ways to go to to interpret this. The you could say you could look at NBA championships that have like gotten a lot of attention as being like, wow, this championship was worth more than a normal NBA championship, and then it's actually worth less. But I actually don't think I I don't think there are many. I don't know of many championships that are like elevated above. I mean, I don't know if this person is trying to get me to say like the Lakers championship last year, but I, I feel like the only person who 2008 to Boston. So, but, but then the, <laughs> so then the other part of it is like what championships was maybe like the road. You're welcome for that answer. Schwinn. Was maybe the road <laughs> to that championship, like lesser than um, uh, like other, other roads. Um, I got, Oh man. Should have said something that like you thought I mean, wasn't joking. I should have been like, that dirt guy wasn't even all that anyway. Like, I feel like you old people think that ring was so see, cool. Like, I should have I should have really pissed you off. See, that's a <laughs> see, but the dirt championship is a great one. No, that's an all-timer. I I I I'm just saying I should have done some trolling. Um no, give me hold on. Um Hey. Um the Oh, let me really piss you off. And no, say, I, I say Hakeem's while Jordan was out of the league. <laughs> well, listen, the the first of all, the I, I would go, I would put the second Rockets championship up against any championship because of who they beat um, in four rounds. Um, so here's some names that came to mind. No, I'm a huge respecter of Hakeem. The first Heat championship um, in which that was the one where um, LeBron – had the game six against Boston um, and he beat the Pacers, I believe in the conference. I should probably look this up. Um, I believe he beat the Pacers in the conference semis that year. Um, I'll double check that right now. And then they beat the thunder in the finals. Uh, That was my first year watching the NBA. What did I, did I get that right? He defeated uh, Pacers conference semis Celtics games. Okay. Yes. And then, oh, yeah, they beat the Knicks in the, in the first round. I had completely forgotten that was the team that beat the Knicks in the first round. Um, like, when the most you're tested is by a Celtics team that was past their prime probably two years prior, um, I don't know how impressive that championship is. That's one that comes to mind. Um, I have to say it, and this is going to be – this hurts me because the the 99 Knicks are still to this day and will, will always be my favorite team of all time. But like the 99 Spurs team, 
um, they had to get past uh, the Blazers um, at some point. And yeah, they got there. Yeah, they got past the they got past the Blazers in the conference um, in the conference finals. But that was a four, oh man, that was a four zero sweep. Who'd they get past in the conference semi? Sorry, I'm doing this off the top of my head. Ah, uh, yes, they beat the. This they, is they beat watching the, the machinations of Macri's uh, yeah, thought making machine is is what the people want. The Blazers were not ready yet. The Blazers were ready the next year, and then they choked away um, Game Seven to to the Lakers. But that I mean that Blazers team was good. That Blazers team was good that that's that 99 Spurs team beat, but they were not. So I would say the 99 Spurs are up there too. Let me get one more. Um, honestly, Lakers team that last year. That is. Oh, that's a, that's a great answer. Why didn't I think of that right away? I'm a LeBron guy, question, but I think I thought the, the question was like prompt. Was oh, like, overrated. Was yeah. No, so many people crap on the, that ring. No, 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 you're good. That's no, but except LeBron doesn't grab it. LeBron wants us to think it's the most impressive ring of all time. Meanwhile, who did he beat? He beat a, a Miami Heat team that was like fine. He beat a Nuggets team that was fine. Um, I don't even remember. Oh, the, the, the Rockets. You know what? That's probably the answer. Last year's Lakers. I, I did this whole runaround and I, I'm at the point where the person probably wanted me to go from the beginning, which is I have a couple. I have a couple friends who will probably screen record you saying that and just play it every day to feed their LeBron hatred. So <laughs> that, that was nice for them. Um, I'm, I'm glad I, I could do that for them. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a LeBron guy, but I, I, I understand that the bubble was uh there was a reason so many random guys were going off is, is, is yeah. Look, he's, um, the, he's the second greatest player of all time. What do you want me to do? Yeah. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis 
analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Next up, I won't argue that. Next up, Hernan Corrin. What kind of player should we draft? It's a simple question. Follow up, which position is a priority to cover? But I, I really like the first question. What kind of player should we draft? Because that's something I want your take on uh, um, myself. A, a good one. Um, I've been thinking a lot about this. Um, because where they're at in the draft, they're going to have, a, I believe, a, so they're going to have a couple of choices. If they stay where they're at, which means they they – don't more they don't package their picks to move up they're going to have a choice between some really high ceiling point guards and some a couple of really i think high floor point guards and then maybe a point guard or two who have a high ceiling and a high floor um at least in terms of overall play not necessarily as a point guard i'm thinking of james mm-hmm. bringer um they also are going to have the opportunity to like package the picks and maybe move up a little bit I, I it's Aiden so, Springer if he gets made to play wing is going to be fascinating in the NBA. Springer, I mean, he's, yeah. If you're going to draft Springer, you're drafting him to be to to groom him to be a point guard. I'm assuming, um, like, yeah. But I feel like look at Lonzo. Yes, um, I don't know that I'm I want to compare those two, but like, I, no, I'm just saying like guys kind of get pushed out to the wing, whether it be nice, whether it be um, as a result of a lack of wing talent on the team or a lack of developmental staff. Like I feel like there are point guards who just get pushed off to the wing because they weren't brought up. They didn't grow up correctly as point guards. And that could happen. He gets sent to Charlotte or somewhere where like Lomelo, yeah, you know. Here's what I'll say. And then I'm going to say this and then I'm going to go completely against it and mentioning a name. Okay. Um, I think the Knicks should draft a player who or players who if you're watching the and this is a Bill Simmons take I'm I'm blatantly stealing from him. If you're watching the playoffs right now and you're watching the last 5 minutes of these playoff games, these very high level playoff games. Um and a, a phrase I've used a few times lately, it's when it's nut cutting time. Um who can actually be on the floor for you? And what does that mean in the NBA today? It means um a a guard or a wing who can put the ball on the floor, who can make the, the make the pass that's available to them on the move and who could shoot um, or draft a five who could play in the NBA today. Um, and what does that mean? Well, that's less of a priority for us as of right now, because we have Mitchell Robinson, right? We may have Nerlens Noel back. We may have Obi Toppin spending some time at the five. We may have my favorite player, Taj Gibson back. All of those things may happen at the same time. I roll was for Nerlens, just to clarify for my Mitch and Taj people. Listen, well, I'm, but this is why I like the center situation is so complicated. Who's to say that they shouldn't make an investment in a guy like Kai Jones. Kai Jones is a center, a shot blocking prospect out of Texas. 
Oh, you mean like in a Kung Wu type pick where we resign, where we extend Mitch and then also go out and draft like. Well, but so I was actually going to say like, so he is a, there's a, at least a faint possibility where he could be a stretch five, like a real stretch five, a guy. You, you want to stretch five, go get Garuba. Well, I, I, Usman I, Garuba, you're not I, a fan. I no, I, I, but I don't. I don't quite look he's at beat. him. As, he's stocky. I like it. He can, yeah, he can see, do I, things. I, I, I kind of like... I he's like stocky Kai. and he can do things. I like Kai a I, little bit more. I shamelessly adored fat players. Um, good for you. Um, no, I, listen, I was a fat kid growing up. Um, you mean Kyle like, Lowry. But like drafting a guy who, could, who you could groom as someone who protects the rim at one end and and hit a three on the other end, even if you can't do anything else. Well, you need to be able to catch lobs also. But like... That's an incredibly valuable thing to have in the NBA. And it allows you to do so much more stuff in terms of team building. And it's a guy, obviously you could play in, in, in the, you know, in the playoffs we're seeing today. Um, Is that a need for them? Maybe not, but again, it's a guy you could play like, but I say that. And then here's where I contradict myself. I look at a guy like Sharif Cooper, Sharif Cooper can't, throw the ball in the ocean from the, you know, or from in the, you know, East river from the Brooklyn bridge. But that dude has special, special, special talents that you cannot. Like you watching Trey's passing right now. And like that level you know, is like what I feel he can be at quickly. And, and, and he will, he will live at the line um, from, from day one in the NBA. And he will, he will make your, he will make your team better um, one way or another. Um, like he's intense as all hell and like all of all of the things, right? Can't shoot. Can't shoot. And if he doesn't ever learn how to shoot, like what's he going to be? He might be a really good backup. So it's like, it's just so difficult. And it's a, it comes down to how much do you believe in your development staff? Like, are you actually going to have the patience to stick with these guys and make it a two or three or four or five year plan? Um, but yeah, that's my gobbledygook of an answer. I'm sorry if it was unsatisfying, but that's the best I could do. Next up, Chip Murphy uh, has a question, and this is going to give it who then this is going to give the name from earlier away. But we were talking about free agent shooting guards. Um, I'll pose oh, the question. I, know. I, I actually I glanced at this today. I happened to be scrolling and I saw this. And you were saying earlier how you can bring in a guy and he can help you be better. And, why does Macri hate Evan Fournier? It's purely a so. Let me. <laughs> it didn't even say I don't hate Evan. <laughs> no, it's it's no, but I don't hate Evan Fournier. I hate I hate what it would, I hate what it would cost to get Evan Fournier. So the no, is two thirty two like nuts. So this so that, this is, is way too we, low we disagreed on fairly vehemently in the, around the trade deadline where you were like, mm-hmm. they should, they should um, give up to second. Did the Atlanta picks. series change your thoughts? No. And, and here's why. Um, I don't think if the Knicks had Evan Fournier on their team, it would have made any difference against Atlanta. I don't think like, like Alec Burks, the stuff that they asked him to do, and the stuff that, quite frankly, he actually did do in game one fell off a cliff after that. But, like, that's the best you could possibly reasonably expe- expect from Evan Fournier. Um, given how Alec Burks had, had acted all year and how he was probably their much, most clutch player all year, what, like, 
why why did I need Fournier to basically do all of that? Like, did I know that Alec Burks was going to shit the bed in games two through five? No, I didn't know that. Right. Um, My theory know. was always just like if you can use Bullock, Knox, who were throwing away regardless, and 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 maybe a second or just Bullock in two seconds, like, and then have Burks and Fournier on your team. You can stop. You can I, stop pretending that you like Alfred Payton. I think there's stop. a limit. Yeah, but they're the they were never going to start. Like it was always going to be out Payton or or Rose as the starting point guard. Um, like I don't I don't think you need that. Doesn't that doesn't do it for me? That like I feel like if if I if I have I don't know. This is not me saying that I'm some like NBA crystal ball savant. I'm just saying like if I'm putting forward a theory of what an off court decision might due to affects the on-court product. I'm not going to let like, well, Tibbs wasn't doing like what that we know Tibbs didn't play Frank Tibbs didn't do a lot of things. And he also did do all the things that got us in the damn playoffs in the first place, but he's also not immortal. Like we saw the Sixers make no, you, the adjustment we should have made with Frank after game one. You and well, listen, Matisse Thibault's a different caliber. Of Matisse thought. Matisse Thibel is Frank with a Philly cheesesteak in his right hand and a vlog camera in the, the left without the jump shot. So I don't want to hear it. So Frank doesn't I, suck. Let me just say, things. let me just say Matisse sucks and he made all defense oh second team. Well, for, the, the foul on the three pointer last night was brutal. Um, and uh, I, I were again, if for anybody who didn't see the game, it was Thibel fouled young on a three point attempt. That was just, that was the moment where you were like, oh, wow, the, the Sixers are actually going to lose this game. Um, the other, A couple other things on Fournier. Um, in his two first-round playoff losses with Orlando, his slash line, he shot uh, 35%. Who was taking defensive attention off him? Listen, 35% for, 35% from the field in both series. Uh, first series, 23% from three. Second series, 34% from three. Um, it really, though, I didn't want him at the deadline because to me, they would have been given up the 32nd pick in the draft. And I would rather have the 32nd pick in the draft than Evan Fournier because I trust our infrastructure. I trust Walt. Friends. Um, My guy. And the other thing is like, if you trade for him, then it's like, okay, great. You're going to keep him, right? You're going to pay him. I didn't want to pay him. Um, there are other guys that I'd rather like invest my time and money in. I'd rather like hopefully Emmanuel quickly can play in some way. Cause what is Evan Fournier? Ideally, ideally Evan Fournier is your spark plug off the bench. You probably should not be starting Evan Fournier. Who do I want to be my spark plug off the bench moving forward? Emmanuel quickly. And why isn't quickly good enough to start? Why is that? Ce- I don't know why that ceiling's on him. Uh, don't do that. Cause he's not. <laughs> listen, I hope you did it with RJ. Learn. You said RJ was Learn. start. Learn from your anti-homerism. Listen, if quickly can become more of a playmaker um, and like emerges as that next summer and he could be a starting point guard. I mean, my God, would that be so fucked? That would be amazing. It's not a rookie deal. <laughs> Two million dollars. Um, okay. Next question. God, I love the future of this basketball organization. Last time from Ari that you had Vork on the pod. He mentioned how Randall's, Transition and finishing numbers were poor this year. If the Knicks finally get, and I'm going to myself put this in quotes, a true PG, um, can Randall return to being an off-ball finisher slash role guy? And to what point are you worried that peak Julius only comes when he runs the offense? 
I'd be lying if I said I wasn't worried about the second thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and specifically because we saw him play, you know, 30 some odd games with Derek Rose. And I, I've said this before. I never felt that those two guys fed off each other in in a way that we see really, really solid NBA partnerships feed off of each other. Now, granted, they didn't have a training camp together. They never played together before. Rose was here for a few weeks, and then he was in COVID protocols where he couldn't practice with the team, and then he was back. So it's like, you know, we take that stuff for granted. Um, and more to the point, we saw it took over a year for Julius to develop a, the, the only real kinship well, no, actually, he developed kinship with RJ more in the second year than the first year, for sure. And the the only real elite kinship he had with any player on this team, Reggie Bullock, again, that did not come right away. That took a while to develop. So I guess all this is to say I do have faith that if you put the right guy around Julius, he can learn to be more of that finisher. In terms of the finishing numbers, I know what they are. They are bad. Um the transition stuff I don't worry about as much. Um, the the finishing stuff is, is a little concerning, but I think in the right I th- I don't think that goes away. Like I I saw that guy make enough tough baskets this year to feel like if you put him in an offense where he it's he's not like the finishes he missed this year. It's not like he was. It's not like there were a ton of times where we looked. It wasn't at him. Brandon Knight blown layups. It I was. was about to say, it's not like he we had guys on him that yeah. were actively trying to stop him from making the shot that he was trying to make, and and then it, he sometimes missed. Like there, it wasn't a wide him. open fast break. Yeah, yeah there, there are players you watch miss shots around the rim, like oh my god, how did he miss that? Like I never really felt like Alfred. That, well, not to name any names. Um, I never felt Alfred. like that was the case with with Julius. So Payton. I think. Um, I think that'll be fine. And uh, I again, you know, just get him a real point guard. Just get him a real point. For Obi too. We we've been talking about this for Obi as well since since we drafted the kid. Uh, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, but but Rose with Obi against backups. I think we we saw you know the glimpses. Obviously, three questions left. Okay, let's um, get them done. This is. No, I just won't say anything. This is, yeah. All right. How do you think the Knicks go about improving the wing for 2022? Or do you think there's a strong possibility of both Bullock and Burks returning from Zach Picorni? I asked this because I was interested in the second part most for, yeah, the, I don't for think, the listeners. I just, I don't think so. Um, because for Burks and Bullock to both return, I think you, you, because I don't, I don't think that they're going to pencil. Opportunity cost. What's that? Like the opportunity cost yeah. of just like not improving. You're the lowest payroll. Go and go improve. <laughs> well, no, but I mean those guys are going to cost more money. But I, I, if if so, RJ's obviously a, RJ and quickly are part of the plan. I don't think they're going to slot in quickly as um, a point guard. I think they're going to count on him as being one of as a shooting guard. Um, and then if you bring Bullock and Burks back, it's like okay, you're basically bringing back the same wing, wing uh, rotation. And I think they know that they need more uh, shot creation on the wing um, or more, more something on the wing. Um, so I, I only think one of those guys is coming back. Um, I've gone back and forth, which who I think it will be. My gut feeling is it's, it's AB. probably what AB. You think it's Burks? It's funny. I, I, I mean, look, n- neither would shock me. I think it's probably Bullock. I think, 
Tibbs is going to push for Bullock big time. Um, you know, but we'll see. In terms of who else I could oh. take, in terms of listen, I, I'm just spent all year telling people that were saying Bullock should be out of the rotation with Peyton, that they were wrong because what Bullock did was valuable on this team and valued by Tibbs. And then now I don't give a shit because there are better basketball players that can dribble. And they not only can they dribble, they can also pass. And then they can do all the stuff that Bullock was doing already. You're, and they're you can sign them. Yeah, but why are we Yeah, but those players cost those players cost a lot of money and like um there's not a whole lot of wings that can shoot and dribble and pass and defend. Okay, Alex Burks can do all of them except defend. So like Reggie Bullock can and then like yeah, but was also, he defending at the Trey Young was slow walking to the rim and yeah, but just Burks is also doing what he there's wanted. A, there's I a can't. modicum. There's a modicum of cons- There's a reason Bullock scar- started and Burks didn't. There's a modicum. Because he needed the creation off the bench and the off ball defense that Bullock provided. I respectfully push back. There is a modicum of, of, <laughs> of consistency that you get with Bullock game. And you would not know this unless you just watch 72 Knicks games. And I understand he came up small in the playoffs because he could not do the thing that they needed him to do. But if that is a separate conversation, then him is a game to game guy that you could just plug in and be like, we know we're getting 30 minutes of this every night. Whereas Burks is a little bit more up and down, which is why Burks is always going to be a bench player. Um, But here's the thing about Bullock. Just because you resign him does not mean he has to start. He could come off the bench. And I agree with you that someone else who could do more stuff than him should be the guy who is starting. The issue is I don't necessarily know who that obvious candidate um, is. Bring back Burks, replace Bullock with Hart because Hart can rebound. That's another thing he can do. He can do a thing. Eight of of them a game. Eight of them a game. Fine. That's That's very nice. Like, I, like honestly, like the, he's I, honestly, a Leon guy. To be honest with you, I'd rather <laughs> the, this is again. Uh, this will be met, be met with pushback. I'd rather they bring back Bullock, slot Bullock in as the starter, and draft and draft a guy who they actually. I mean, my you know, we, we'll talk about this probably on another podcast, but um, my dream would been would be for for Keon Johnson to fall and then pack. Oh him. my God! Do we agree? Yeah. <laughs> You know, but who's to say, listen, who's to say they don't draft, uh, you know, package to go up and get Moses Moody. And that's you know, so and- I've pointed out the connection. Uh, Tom Thibodeau's first ever job involved him spending up to 14 hours a day talking hoops with his boss, Bill Musselman, who gave not who did not give birth, who is the father of Eric Musselman, who is the head coach of the Arkansas team where the Moses guy plays and. I like the Moses guy because he can do the defense and then also do some of the offense. And Moses is Moses uh, <laughs> is is really good, um, you know. So that's Those basketball things. Well, that's probably what I what I'd really like them to do um, because again, there's just like some of these other wings out there. Like, do I want the Knicks to sign, you know, fucking you know, Kelly Oubre Jr.? No, I've I've said my piece on Evan Fournier. <laughs> All of the other guys out there are restricted. Nor I mean Norm Powell's I I. I like Norm Powell a lot. Norm Powell. I'm super eh on that. I think Tibbs would run to the golden buzzer to offer him 80 mil. And I, I don't think I would like, don't diminish the, the, the ability of that dude to get you buckets efficiently. He just mm-hmm. doesn't pass <laughs> ever. 
<laughs> he just doesn't pass. He's a really good and player. He's the flip side team. is if you're going to Tibbs to New York City, like you're gonna learn to play in that on that team. Yeah, but I don't I don't know like I don't I haven't seen Norm Powell play like a huge role in a really high functioning offense. We've seen him do special things individually. And obviously I don't want to belittle what Toronto has done the last few years, but like there's a reason the Norm Powell was like kind of low key out of the rotation with the Raptors for, for a, a few moments there over the last several years. He's also just about, I'll defend him and say that even though, look, I'd be, if they no, gave him four I'll, for I'll 80 see. tomorrow, I'd be cool with that. I, I, cause I think, I think it's a tradable contract. I okay. Think- that's it. All you needed to say was tradable. That's it. I'm in. Yeah, it's a tradable okay. contract. All right. Maybe not. Maybe not four for eighty. Maybe like seventy-two. It's like four for sixty-four. Um, okay. What's Seven, next? Yeah. Two. Uh, wait. Can I? Can I ask a mailbag question really quick? Just a yes very, or no. Very quickly. Two for fifty-five. Kyle Lowry. Uh, it depends what else, what other opportunities are out there. Boring. The answer is yes. All right. Schwinn's question. Gun, gun to my head. My my answer was yes. Also. Schwinn's question. Where does RJ Barrett now rank among the Knicks' most valuable trade assets? That's easy. In comparison, <laughs> where would Karis Levert rank were he a Nick? This is a good question. Uh, RJ is <laughs> RJ's number one. This is a good question. RJ is number one. No, it's one. not. No, it is a good question. RJ is number it's one. It's a funny question. RJ is number Love one. Sure. He's ahead of Randall. Where would Levert rank? Um, he would rank below Randall. RJ, Mitch, Randall. Where, All more valuable than Levert to me. Where we, Toppin. Well, no, I'm assuming I'm not factoring in RJ into this question. Like, if you replaced RJ with Levert, where would he rank? He's below Randall. Um, he's below quickly. Robinson. I don't know about that. Say it. Say it. I don't know about that. I, I'll actually. I'll actually. This is. Hey, this might be a hot take. I'll put him below Obi. I, I was that encouraged by what we saw from Toppin over. Me too. Over the last. Um, over the last, uh, you know, bit of the season, I'd have guess, Levert. So here's the question: If you could trade the 19th pick in the draft for for Karis Levert right now, no, do it. Hell no, no. Give me the guy on a rookie contract who I can. No, hell no. I'll take Trey Murphy, and and if, if I'm a contender, I'll take Sharif. If I'm rebuilding, or or somewhere in the middle, or no, I, hell no. The, the, I, the deal I, that Levert is on is not worth. Entering yourself into the world of those medical problems just for a player who well, it's not it's not about the has been twenty six for eight years now, and it's not about the medical problems as much as it's about again him not that how being, much, being that how good much, at basketball. How how much does he raise? I'd rather have Dinwiddie. How much does he raise the ceiling of your team? Um, is, like is, is, is more. If, if Levert is starting for you and monopolizing that much of the offense, <laughs> is he enough of a playmaker Eight to seed. really raise your ceiling? Like, I don't like, those are the very valid questions about Levert unless, you know, you have him come off the bench and basically be try to be Jordan Clarkson. Obviously he's not a good shooter. Um, but then it's like, okay, well, what's that? No one can be Jordan Clarkson besides like, they're like, that's a, I, I respect him, man. That's a, that's a role that like, Oh, he's yeah. really good at. That's where I think D'Angelo Russell will end up is like in that same. Well, that's what he sh- should end up as. Um, all right. Uh, what we have? Last we, question. Uh, last question. And we then have we have one, one last from question. Andrew, which I have to ask. Oh. D- no, we'll we'll get into this first. So Tyrese wants to know if you've ever heard of Lil Keed. Um, you have. 
No, but I have but no idea who that is. All right. So you you've never heard of Lil Keed. Lil Keed is an artist that Tyrese and I enjoy. Lil um, Keed? No, that's the Marvel show. Lil Lil K E E D. Keed? Lil Keed. No, I don't know who Lil Keed is. The song I sent you had him on it. Oh, I didn't know that. I'm sorry. And then on a separate note, you'll see some check marks on this post-it. Yes. Um, because I listened to Who Am I? I thought it was I thought it was something I would absolutely like play in the car with my sunroof and windows open and summer day. And okay. I listened to Deport Them. Um it's actually Deport Them, but a little less bouncy vibey but it was, it was it was it was it was the time it was a good couple minutes and and i i didn't it was dutty wine very entertaining wine. certainly more than than deport them damn um deport deport them buster rhymes um, i gave you two busters right i gave you put your hands where my eyes could see put put your hands where my eyes can see and twerk it and twerk it which of those uh, do you prefer I think put your hands where my eyes can see. Well, I should hope so. It's one of the greatest songs of all time. Okay, so I picked right. Um, and then Noriega was oh, the yeah. last super selection. Th- yeah, yeah, super. Th- it was good. Yeah, yeah. Some got some got some tunes, John. Got some. Um, he got some tunes. I love it. Thank you for doing that for me. Uh, we have one more question from Andrew. So Andrew, he's usually on these episodes, but he's in the process of moving this week, so he's not. Um, so here's his question. Um, well, I don't think you trade this season for anything. Was there any part of either of us that watched Durant's performance on Monday and thought, damn, if only this guy was in the shut up, shut up, get Um, the hell out. Andrew, I hope you drop a cardboard box, dude. Get the hell out of here. Get the hell. I would not trade the emotional goddamn journey that the 2021 new york knickerbockers took me on this is very inspiring i what you can't because it was an all-time great playoff performance um my friend's dad mr insana was there reported he said kd just hadn't seen anything like it in his life um i don't trade like i <laughs> Yes, you do technically, like, tr- if you can literally trade this team for Durant, Harden, Irving. Okay, like, well, what, see, what's see, the, that's, that's not... Yeah, but see, that's I, that's the thing about That's so question, far right? removed from reality that I'm just like, I'm so... My heart is so full with, with like, this season. Here's the thing. If, 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 if it's an alternate universe and Durant came here and Kyrie came here and whatever it is, and we were sitting and we were watching the Knicks with the Nets roster do what this Nets team is doing. And the Nets across town had just had the season that the Knicks had. Would any Knicks fan be sitting, you know what, this being up on, and we're recording this uh, ahead of game six, so I have no idea what's going to happen. But like this being up on Milwaukee uh, three games to two and being a game away from going to the Eastern Conference Finals and probably being the favorites to win it all. This is all pretty nice. But you know what? I wish we just had the season that the Nets had. No, none of us would be saying that. That's just reality. What we're really talking about here is um, do we still have like active regret or angst or any other negative emotion over the fact that 
Durant and Kyrie decided to go to the team on the other side of the river? And the answer is no. Um, I got drive by cursed at that day. Did I ever tell you the story? I was walking uh, Russell, my dog, in a Kevin Knox jersey. Um, and somebody in northern New Jersey rolled down their window and had some choice words for the team I was representing. Uh, and some choice words, but like, you know, choice when you go buy like really nice meat from the deli for, for the Nets, because that was, you know, I would think that was the team he supported. I've and gotten drive by harassed before and by listen, a Net fan for this. Good, and I still wouldn't. Yeah. Good for the good for the 87. Uh, you know, this is, this is good times for them. Um, but uh, like there's no more regret or anything knowing like I, I'll say I'll say this in all in all honesty. I'm so happy I don't have to root for either of those guys. Um, Kevin Durant just had maybe the greatest playoff basketball game of all time. Uh, I was texting Andrew earlier today about where he ranks on the all time list. He's probably if he wins it this year, he's probably in my all time top 10. Can't take any of that away from him. Um, but like what there's no there's probably nobody else in the league who could do what he did the other night. Oh no, all time top. But was there was was there even an ounce of me that watched that and was like, oh, Jordan, I'm LeBron, Kareem, Shaq, Magic, Bird. So you uh, want to? Do, I'll, I'll do a real, I don't have time for this because I gotta go um, get. No, no, no. I'm wife, trying to just quickly myself. Like, there's gotta be. I have you it. do. You yeah. do. I did this Duncan, with Andrew earlier. Duncan and Bryant both over Durant. So here's my. You want my list? Here's my list. So in the last four, don't. This is not exactly in order. I would probably quibble quibble with this, but if it would be Jordan one, LeBron two, um, probably Russell, Kareem in some order three, four, probably Wilt five, um, Magic and Bird. Uh, Thank God. In, in some order, finally, Magic and Bird in in some order six and seven. I think Russell over Hakeem. I know I'm 19, which is why I can make statements like this, like just haphazardly. I think Russell over Elajuan is blasphemy. Okay, so that's very nice for you. Um, so <laughs> Ma- Magic and Bird at six and seven, and then here's where my list gets a, probably a little controversial. I have Shaq at, at eight, um, Duncan at nine. And then my next three or four or five are currently the group of Durant, Kobe, Curry. I was going to say Curry over Durant. Oscar and, and, and Jerry West. Um, you probably throw Moses Malone in there as well. So like Durant, for me, if he wins this year, he goes unequivocally above Kobe, above Curry, above Oscar, above West, above Moses, above Elijah Wan. Um, if you want to throw Irving in there as well, if you want to throw Garnett in there as well, you're making some kind of a face. I don't know. I don't know what How do you mean. put him over Curry? How do I put Durant over Curry? Because, On an all-time list. Because I think you have to look at... So Curry's, Curry had two years. When they were playing definitely together, won, NBA teams won. actively chose to I let know. Curry well, beat them over Durant. So So... I mean, to let Durant beat them before they let Curry, Curry beat them. Curry had two two years. I'll give him both years where he was arguably the most dominant NBA force that the league has seen. I don't know since what? Will Chamberlain? Um, I don't know. Whatever. He had those couple of years and he had several other years that were very like that were all NBA, you know, borderline first team, all NBA type years. 
Um, I don't know that we're going to have that as of right now, we have the track record for Curry in terms. And again, I'm not belittling what he's done. I'm just talking about when you're talking about him versus Kevin Durant, when Kevin Durant has been unequivocally a top uh, three player in the league for, for a dozen years, unequivocally, like there's no argument about that. So that's pretty, that's pretty good. And I, and again, this, the, this is premise on um, if he wins it this year, that would be his third title. It would be, you know, presumably his third finals MVP. Um, he's going to, he, if he wants to, he'll probably, you know, get to second or third on the all-time scoring list. Guys are really good. Really good. <laughs> All right. Are we done? Anything, uh, anything you want to plug and promote before I go get Subway with my family? Hey, nice. I'll never forget the time we drove to Philadelphia and, and we ended up eating Subway. That was our, our local. <laughs> um, yeah, my family. Uh, listen, uh, Danny B and I just hosted a Twitter spaces last night. I've never, never done that before. And that was fun. So whether it's on Clubhouse, on Nick's house, on Green Room with Green Room with KFS, on Spaces with Danny B, um, I'm around talking Nick's all the time, and that's a lot of fun for me. So whether it's on my podcast, on To a Tolerable Degree, on my page at Chris Persiani, and on Twitter, don't try to spell it; it'll be in the bio, the description of the video. Uh, yeah, I, I like to talk about basketball. That's a that's the thing I do. That's about um, it. <laughs> and you're very good at it. And uh, for anybody listening who is a subscriber to the Knicks Film School newsletter, keep an eye out. I um, Chris is going to be a guest contributor on the newsletter a couple times over the course of the summer, hitting probably some draft stuff, hitting some some big other big picture Knicks stuff. Um, and uh, definitely go listen to his other pods. He's very good at this. And he's very young, which I'm, of course, very jealous of, which is why I give him shit. Uh, but anyway, that's it. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this episode of the Knicks Film School podcast. We will be back with you for some more uh, fun games and tomfoolery uh, very soon. Peace out.